Hello and welcome to the Coventry Telegraph's Pink Podcast. I'm James Roger and I'm joined by Andy Turner. Hi James. I'm joined by Mantej Mann. Hello. Uh, yeah, Andy, you're back off holiday. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's we, great to be back. We, we, <laughs> haven't done, doom and gloom. we haven't done the podcast in a couple of weeks. It's been a, it's been quite a hectic time with what with deadline day and everything. And it's I think it's fair to say that the transfer windows left everyone a bit underwhelmed, Andy. Uh, yes, I mean that certainly seems to be the sort of mood music uh, amongst the fans. But uh, you know what you have to say, it's been a deeply frustrating um, summer for for the manager. Um, you know, um, he set his stall out early on. I had a good chat with him on Tuesday about it. You know, going through the whole process, and um, it's clear that he set his targets out. Um, very early on, you know, in, in fact, before the players were back, you know, I mean, as, as soon as the players left, actually, for their summer holidays, uh, they were working on, on lists of players and targets um, who they thought they could get, um, and they've clearly missed out on a, a lot of players. A lot of players have slipped through the cra- their grasp, not least the centre half. So six, even, six, six yeah. he mentioned the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, I mean, the fans are sort of um, uh, disappointed that the manager's perhaps not been backed. Um, more more than they'd like, but you know the facts are that he's working with a budget that's pretty much the same as it was this time last year. Um, I asked him on Tuesday whether it had changed, and he said if it has, it's not been significant. So he's working with the same figures as he was last year. Everything went like a dream, and they they were flying this time last year. Um, and obviously the key signings were Adam Armstrong, Ryan Kent, um, and Jacob Murphy. Now. You know, obviously he tried to do the same again, not necessarily with the same players, but bring bring the same sort of quality back. Um, and for whatever reason, that that hasn't um, seemingly happened. I mean, we, you know, we've got to be fair to players like Andre Wright, who came in on the transfer window uh, deadline day. You know, we, we've hardly seen him yet. He's barely kicked the ball for 20, 20 minutes. You know, up at Fleetwood. So you know, he needs to. We need to assess how good he is. Um, but you know, it's been a real um, frustrating time, and you know, for one reason or another, I mean, wages has been an issue for some players, but it's not always been wages; it's been geographical as well. You know, I mean, we've seen the likes of Kelvin Wilson, um, who was actually on the grass at Ryan at one stage, looked all set to sign, and before you know it, his city been gazumped by Rotherham, um, who are prepared or who can have got the clout in the championship to pay. Uh, more money for him, well, sort of pay, sorry, give him higher wages, um, and play at a higher level. You know, and it's literally um, an hour away from uh, his home in Nottingham, which was a, an issue for him. Um, so, um, you know, that, that that's been one reason. I mean, Mowbray told me about another player that um, he'd spoke with in London with his advisors, who had an option to go to um, the MLS in America, um, and wanted to look at that. He went off to America, had a look. And in the end, he ended up signing for a club that was just around the corner from the club that he was leaving. So, um, you know, and, and Tony Mowbray sort of, you know, uh, has had to hang on and play this sort of patient waiting game. And unfortunately, it hasn't worked, paid off for him, you know, um, because th- these players have, have opted to go elsewhere. Um, two slipped through the net on transfer deadline day. I did, yeah. Murphy, obviously, yeah, from the, Villa. The Villa striker. Again, that was out of City's hands. Yeah, you can't compensate things like that because obviously no. we were covering it, weren't we, Mantegio? Yeah, and Villa, really. Villa said, you know, that they wanted to keep him unless, you know, well, especially with him um, kind of being reluctant to sign a long term contract. I think they wanted security over his contract in terms of, you know, signing a long term deal there and, and not performing well for City and having other people come in and, and essentially nab him off them. So that, that was that was the issue with Everton. And uh, that was the case with, with other players as well, you know. 
Um, they missed on a, out on a centre half on deadline day, um, and you know it, it's it's so it has been. It's been really uh, frustrating, really difficult. I mean, you know, they're clearly this lacking experience, um, probably at both ends of the pitch, where they've been found wanting in the, in the first um, nine games, I guess. Yeah, it, they they definitely have been found wanting. Um, I mean, just looking at the transfer window as a whole, I mean, which player would, out of the ones that have departed, we did a transfer window review piece on the website that um, anyone listening to this can dig out and have a look at. Um, which player, Andy, do you think who's left the club who, you know, you, you'd have ideally wanted to keep, if you had to pick one? Well, I think, you know, with, with the benefit of hindsight, I mean, you know, eyebrows were raised a little bit. Everybody sort of thought it was um, uh, Aaron Martin's departure was, um, or release was... Uh, uh, was unfortunate. Um, yeah, what do you think about things like that? Because obviously, if Mowbray was targeting players of kind of a championship quality or something, would it not have been made more sense to, you know, keep keep hold of someone like Aaron Martin, who's just a steady League One performer? Uh, well, yes, you can, but I mean, again, that's that's the beauty of hindsight, isn't it? But you know, Tony Mowbray was confident that you know he got a, a list long enough that he thought you know one of them's going to come off at least. Um, so um, so you know he he was confident that he wanted to go in a different direction. Um, you know, looking back now, you know, you think, well, you know, if we'd had Aaron Martin here, would we still be having a problem? You know, I, mean, I, I, I had an interesting chat about formations, and um, I, I'm doing a story on it for, for tomorrow's paper, and possibly later on the web today, um, about you know, Tony Murray wanting to, not wanting really to start the season with three at the back and wing backs. You know, ideally, he he would have liked um, a flat four. But um, you know he didn't feel he had the right blend. Per, yeah, personnel dictates, doesn't halves, it? Yeah, of course. You know, um, a decent right footer and a decent left footer. Um, you know that perfect sort of blend he was looking for um, to go with a four. Now you know if he finds that, I mean he is into the free transfer market now, um, out of contract players. If he can find somebody possibly from abroad. Um, that, that sort of fits that bill, then then there's a chance that he will switch to four at the back. And if it was four at the back, I, I presumably it'd be someone's partner, Jordan Turnbull, in there, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, of course, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, Keen Harris can't really, you know, he can't be expected to play forty six games. There's nowhere near, no, and nor can uh, Sam Ricketts. Yeah, and I mean, Keen, I mean, um, he reminds me a lot of, um, uh, in terms of his development, of how Ben Turner came through the the academy system uh, and and into the uh, the first team that was back in the championship. And Ben was sort of thrown in at the deep end, and and probably played um, quite a lot a lot of games early on in his career. Um, and Ben was always prone to mistakes, and you know over the course of a season would possibly make four or five key mistakes. Now, that's just where young players are at. You know that that that's um, that's part of their their learning curve and their development. And and Kean is the same really. You know he's a fantastic player. He's got a, a, a brilliant career ahead of him. You know, Tony Murray, I mean, is a big fan of his. Um, but with young kids, you, you've got to sort of dip them in steadily, you know, and, and it's got to be as and when rather than, you know, thrown in at the deep end and say, right, sink or swim. Because um, that's not really fair on him. And, you know, Mowbray admits it's, it's a cruel environment for him to learn in, you know, at the moment. Um, you know, he was caught out at Fleetwood for the first, certainly for the first goal at the weekend. And that's going to happen with young players. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, what do, what do you think, Mantash? Who was your kind of key signing of the summer? Uh, the key signing of the summer for me, listen, I, I think Andre Ward could be could be a big plus. Andre Wright. Andre Wright, sorry, Andre yeah. Ward. Andre Wright could be, a, could be a big plus for City, but he's only had 20 minutes to show what he can do at the minute. And, you know, if he gets that exposure at first team level, it, again, you know, he, he could well hit the, hit the road running and, and start banging in the goals for City and, and be a real promising signing. 
In terms of you know who I think has been the sort of pick of the bunch so far, I mean I think yeah you know, I haven't seen um, seen much of him play. I saw him at the weekend, but um, from from what I gather, I mean I think Jordan Turnbull sort of looks the part. You know he's got the, and the, the thing I like about him is that the fact that you know that as well as being sort of physical and, and wanting to attack the ball. Um, he attacks the ball in both boxes and he's got a couple of goals to show for it, hasn't he? Um, he has you know, indeed, yeah. That's, that's one thing that City have been lacking, really. You know, goal scoring centre half, you know, and I think every team needs one of those. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's a shame that Reed Johnson's got two and two games for Eastleigh. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> At that level, it obviously. It just keeps cropping back, but doesn't that show more about his drive and ambition, you know, um, you know that he's dropped down out of the Football League? You know, so you know where's where's that feeding his ambition? You know, I and mean, it's it's all down to money at the end of the day, isn't it? You know? It is indeed. Yeah. Um, just talking about Jordan Turnbull, I think the most impressive thing about um, you mentioned the two the game that he scored two goals in. I think that was really really impressive because obviously a few days before he'd been sent off and he had quite a nightmare debut. Really, you watched that game, didn't you, Mantez? You were at the Rico for the West Ham EFL. Yeah, for the West Ham game. Time. Yeah. Um, it was a real shame that. Um, they didn't really feed off that momentum because you were saying that um, you thought Biggie looked really good that night. I thought Biggie Romano looked really good that night. Um, you know, signs of the player that he when he initially broke through to the city team, comfortable on the ball, looking to play, looking to play forward and wide. I thought he looked really good, and I think he's promising for the rest of the season. I think there's a clever bit of business there for Mowbray um, to you know take him on and, and and hopefully again bed him into a system that he's used to from last season. I think it was clever that. Biggie and to be Romano. fair, he played very well at the weekend. You know, he was one of the. Uh, the players that uh, a lot of the, the lads in the media box um, uh, picked out as the sort of um, you know the, the standout performer of, of the match. So um, so yeah, um, you know hopefully he can sort of um, rekindle that that uh, uh, you know that quality and that spark that, that um, caught everybody's eye first time round. Definitely needed um, with Andy Rosinger especially. Um, Mowbray said that the striker search is still on, isn't it, Andy? Yes, I mean you know I, I, he said he admitted he, was, he you know that. Um, he can't see a twenty-goal season striker out on the training pitch at this moment in time. You know, he did hope that Marvin Sordell would be that man, um, and he's certainly more than capable of doing that. But we get to to see that sort of come to fruition, really. And it, it's interesting because I mean, I remember uh, doing pieces out while I was out in Aust- Austria with um, uh, with the pre-season, and you know, watching him in training, and I think it's been the case at right back at right as well. You know, he's sort of um, he's banging in the ball left, right and centre, you know, in top corner, you know, left foot, right foot and all the rest of it. Um, and it's just not happening for him on the pitch. And that's obviously where he's going to be judged. Um, so, you know, there's a, yeah, look, he's all round game as well. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, Alan Paul would, would back me up on this. He's he said, you know, he's, he's been one of the standout players um, of the season so far in terms of his all round sort of contribution. Um, so, you know, he's, he's an important player for the side, but he's just lacking those goals, isn't he, at the moment? Um, I'm sure he's got goals in him, and it's just a question of sort of um, getting them out of him, really. Yeah, I mean, would you say that the search for the striker is more important than kind of defensive solid- solidity at the minute? Um, no, I, I think the defence is, is more a priority, because if you can get it solid at the back... Um, they've he, got the foundation. Yeah, exactly. They've got the foundation, but they can also they can switch to a four at the back, which I think would suit them, which would enable them to um, to be more attacking. Really, um, uh, at the moment, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I think Tony Mowbray thinks that, that you know that the attacking uh, fluidity is, is sort of being um, uh, hindered slightly by the formation they're playing because they're playing an extra man at the back. 
Um, so I, I'm not I'm not convinced. You know, when they've got five, you know, including the uh, the wing backs. So um, I, I think it, I think it will help if they get the right combination at the back. I think and go to a four that will help them uh, at, the, at the sharp end as well. But I think you know it, it's fair to say he's looking for a striker and a centre half. You know. But you know, in the free transfer market, you know, are you gonna? You might find a cent- decent centre half of a certain age. Are you gonna find a twenty goal season striker? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. Um, they definitely need some defensive solidity. Looking at the weekend, I think we're gonna uh, be back in part two to discuss. Hello uh, and welcome back to the Pink Podcast. Uh, part two, uh, we're gonna discuss the Fleetwood Town defeat now, gentlemen. It was a quite disappointing day at Highbury, and it's a, actually a ground that treated City well in recent years. City have scored the odd late goal and picked up the win, um, but it was just a second half from from hell, really. Yeah, and it's you know it's a, a lovely ground. Um, you know they're spending money there as well. I mean this is. A, uh, another thing, really, you know, who'd have thought, you know, that um, that Fleetwood Town, you know, would be, but uh, uh, would be where they are, and and with a sort of financial clout. I mean, you know, one of the things on the day. I mean, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but just to say that, um, you know, one of their better players on the day was a striker called Chris Long um, from Burnley, who's on loan from Burnley. Um, now, City had been looking at, at him; he'd been on their radar. But in this day and age, the cold facts are that, that Fleetwood, with their backing from their chairman, they could afford to pay a bigger percentage of his wages than Coventry City can. Um, so he ends up in the Fleetwood Town team rather than Coventry City team and scores one of the uh, the, the crucial goals. Um, but anyway, I've digress. But um, but no, it was a frustrating afternoon. Um, it's interesting because I mean, City did were slow to get going. Um, and then you know, the last fifteen twenty minutes of the first half, they were in control and looking good, and they carried that through into the second half, and they got caught with a classic counter attack. Um, you know, I think Marvin Sordell was was um, up near the sort of corner flag and trying to cut in and and, and get a shot of. He got a shot off it, which sort of ricocheted away. Before you know, it was a back at the other end of the pitch, and and Kean Harris was one on one with a uh, with Chris Long. Um, and unfortunately, didn't get close enough to him. You know, and uh, was uh, uh, criticised um, for that afterwards. But um, you know, and that sort of handed the initiative back to to Fleetwood. Um, you know, who went on to win the game. Um, and it's just you know, it has been fine margins. And um, you know, City, apart from the the Norwich game, they haven't been thumped. You know, um, uh, they haven't been battered. They haven't been been outplayed by anybody. And. You know, I've done a story today. You know, a succession of managers—it's scant consolation—but a succession of managers have, have been sort of raving about how Coventry have played and how difficult they've been to play against tactically. You know, um, uh, how they've um, controlled games and, and, and um, had a lot of the ball, um, and it's just that they've been found wanting in both boxes, unfortunately. Do you think that's down to an um, inexperience? Because obviously, there's been kind of a recurring theme in City season so far that. If they've conceded one goal, they've conceded you know two or three in quick succession. I mean, is that inexperience? Is it, it kind is. of a heads gone moment? Well, I think it, I think it's young, a young side, and um, you know, Tony Moby sort of trying to address that really. But um, I think it is exactly that because, um, as as the manager has said, you know, they've been in control, been flying for for forty five minutes the first half, and then sort of faded, and then like these teams with more experience have been able to sort of well, he described it as sort of grapple the points away from them, you know, and. Um, um, and, and grind the result out, which Coventry just don't seem to be able to do at this moment in time. 
Well, it seems telling that probably the one result they've got this season so far is playing a team that's more inexperienced than them in the mm. West Ham Academy side. Um, so, Andy, we did a Facebook Live on Monday, and one of the questions, I think it was from Matt Partridge on Twitter, he asked, um, do you see City getting relegated? So, you know, you you were adamant that you, you didn't see that. You think that that's no, quite... No, not at all. Um, well... I say not at all. I mean, ask me again in uh, in December. Um, you know, if they're rock bottom in December and, and struggling, then you know, I might may change my opinion. But it is still very early days. Look, they've only played six league games, okay. And look, you can make a judgment call if you want to, but it'd be a knee-jerk judgment call and say, yeah, this uh, this side's going down. But I don't believe it is. I mean, Tony Mowbray uh, remains upbeat. He's confident. Uh, he's he's working with the players and uh, and, and sort of. Getting them, they need time to gel. They're a young set of players that have come together late in in the summer. Um, far from ideal, really. You know, I mean, ideally you'd have your team or the majority of your team together when you go to pre-season training. You know, for your pre-season training camp and all the rest of it, and play the pre-season games. Get everybody uh, familiar with all the systems and processes and all that sort of stuff and all the tactics. Um, and they're only just sort of going through that process now, so it's going to take time. So, so let's give it a bit more time. You know, let, let's see what Andre Wright can do. Let's see if he brings anybody else in, uh, any free transfers. But I know, I mean, I'm not a, a doom and gloom merchant. Um, you know, I, I like to sort of look on the positive side and, and let's see how we go. Brilliant. Um, one major positive advantage among fans at the minute is young, uh, is young Jordan, isn't it? <laughs> young Jordan, yeah. Run a piece on him yesterday, actually. He's a, a 17-year-old um, local agent in Eton, uh, but he's a Coventry supporter through and through. This uh, is and Jordan. He's Jordan Kelly. Uh, and he has been banging the goals from the 18s. He scored a hat-trick, I think, against Colchester United at the weekend um, that's received sort of wide sort of support online from Twitter and, and, and so on. Um and with the with the lack of goals at the minute that the city are, are having, the supporters really are, are looking for a way out. And Ponte Kelly is a name on people's lips. He, in my opinion, he's he's too young yet. He, he's sort of behind George George Thomas in the packing order for him, the twenty threes, um, and you know it's a, it's a big step up to first team football from under 18s and under 21s but you know if he, if he carries on performing carries on scoring goals then Murray simply has to take note and you know he may well reward him with, with his chance in the first team yeah I think I mean he turns 18 on Saturday he right? does yeah um, you know and um, I mean Adam Armstrong was 18 you know I mean we can't compare them um, really because it's coming from completely different backgrounds um, but you know I think Ponticelli will be a player over the course of the season that will emerge. Now, how quickly that happens may will be determined, A, by how prolific he is in the under-23s, under-18s, which he's doing all the business as we speak. Um, and obviously it will depend on how desperate we are in the first team for, for goals. Um, but, you know, Tony Mowbray's not stupid. And, um, you know, if, if he continues to, to blossom then um, no doubt he, he will get his rewards. But we have to, you know, you, you have to say that, you know, you can't just look to a 17, straight 18, just turning 18-year-old kid to be the answer to Coventry's um, uh, goal drought at the moment. You know, it's just just, just not fair, you know. And, uh, um, I mean, he may go in and he may be a sensation. We don't know. But, um, I mean, only the manager will know that. 
but uh, he is a, a young and raw talent, uh, fantastic talent, who's got a big future ahead of him, and it'd be fantastic to see him in a Coventry City shirt. But um, it's interesting actually because um, um, the uh, Rich Stevens, the academy manager. I was uh, going to mention we've been doing a series yeah, of pieces, haven't we, online yeah, of the, which the class see, of 2016. He, he, he is, you know, he's only a first year pro. He's a little bit older than the other first year pros. Um, but um, but Richard uh, speaks very highly of him, and um, he's very similar to Basala Sambu in terms of stature, in terms of um, where he's at, you know, in his development. In his development, um, and, and and Rich Stevens believes he's better than um, Bass, uh, which is really really good news. Um, but again, you know, it's just one of those things that's sort of dipping him in. I mean, Moby was um, criticised at the back end of last season for not playing Sambu. Um, when they were sort of struggling with form a little bit um, but you know you have to trust the manager to know when players are right to go in and when they're right not to go in you know especially during a poor run of form because you know players do have to be protected don't they absolutely yeah um, you know and uh, I'm sure that um, I mean he, he was in the squad that, that for the 23s that got hammered was it 7-2 at Charlton this week yeah. and um, I'm sure um, the under-23s boss Nicky Eden um, he, he didn't get on the get, uh, didn't get off the bench. I'm sure he, he he didn't do that. I'm sure that was deliberate not to expose him to that sort of um, that that sort of environment, you know, where they were being hammered. But you've got a duty to these young footballers as human beings as well. Haven't you? You've got you know you bring them up. They're they're learning they're learning life, you know, yeah. under your guidance. And yeah, it's it's really not fair to kind of expose them to kind of these you know a, a, some some harsh atmosphere sometimes. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, is the answer on Saturday? I don't think so. You know, down at the at the den, you know, it's you know fierce atmosphere. You know, as it, <laughs> as we all know, and uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's a big stage for a young kid to 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 go on and, and make his debut, let alone you know, um, do anything else. So uh, let's let's wait and see with, with Jordan. We're talking about Will. We'll, we'll be back in part three to uh, preview this weekend's League One fixture. Welcome back to part three of the pink. Uh, we are previewing Millwall and uh, Coventry City's trip there this weekend. They're going to the, the New Den on uh, Saturday at 3pm. Uh, Mantej, what do we know about Millwall? They are, yeah. So City are travelling down to the capital on Saturday to take on uh, Millwall. Millwall are currently sat in fourth place on 11 points. Uh, and they've made a strong start to the season. Steve Morrison, 32-year-old striker, is uh, second in the top scorers of League One so far with four finishes. Just to put that into context, that's double the amount of goals that City have scored in the league so far this season so he's going to be a real threat that the, the young Sky Blue defenders have to look at um, and you know, Mill will be disappointed that they, they didn't go up last year they uh, lost of course in the uh, final of the playoff against Barnsley um, and they'll be hoping to, to really push on this season and again be in contention for promotion so the Sky Blues have definitely got their work, out, uh, work cut out on Saturday and it will be a lot tougher than the, the 4-0 win that they had last year it's interesting actually because um, Neil Harris, the manager, is um, uh, a sort of common theme really of sort of managers, opposition managers, sort of saying heaping praise on Coventry City, um, but he sort of he, he believes it's going to be a tough game. He as does, well, yeah. He's 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 demanded his players don't take this too too lightly, and you know they're not complacent for the game on Saturday, and he he really doesn't want City to find a momentum in the game and you know establish themselves. Within the, within the contest, so I think Neil Harris, along with a lot of the other managers in the league, what are really wary of, of, of Coventry City at the minute. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, I mean, the, the contrast between this time last year and going down there and, and this year, it could be greater, could it? I mean, it's um, you know, I mean, 
even pretty much going down to Millwall last year, nobody could have foreseen what happened there. You know, I mean, that was just it's incredible. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you sign is, you go to Millwall thinking, well, if you get appointed today, then you, you, you'd be pleased with that. You'll take that now, sort of thing. But, and they started the game on the back foot, City. They considered a penalty early on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was the trigger. Lee, really, was, was Lee, Lee Birch yeah. saved that. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Birch was still in the team then. I mean, yeah, that was just such a such a great start to the season, wasn't it? Beating the t- two relegated sides early on, um, especially Millwall in such an emphatic style. I mean, the goals were just sensational that day. Absolutely, yeah, and it's just some of the football. Yeah, I mean, Armour's fantastic um, love, you know, from just uh, uh, just past the halfway line, or just sensational stuff, and you know, it's what we've been waiting for for so long, isn't it? And uh, how what we're sort of still desperately hankering after now this season. Well, yeah, they're just the the form of Millwall compared to Coventry City just kind of underlines the importance of momentum in football, doesn't it? Because Millwall have been able, despite that playoff defeat, to kind of continue that momentum mm-hmm. a similar way to Scunthorpe have, have as well they finished last season strongly and they've started this campaign really strongly um, but you know Sky Blues you just think they just need you know one win and then you know mm-hmm. there's a little bit of momentum there but they all have had the continuity I guess as well haven't they you know not rather than having the turn, sort of turnaround of, they haven't had the turnover uh, of players a, a whole new sort of yeah. team really I mean you look at Coventry's side and there's probably one um, I mean, Reece Charles Cook didn't even play in that game, did he? This time last year at Millwall, it was probably it's probably only Sam Ricketts, maybe that's the only player. Lemires as well. Lemires goal, yeah. goal that day, but yeah, you're right. I think it, other, it must have been. Yeah. You know, I can't think of any other players um, that played at the New Den last year that would be playing on Saturday. No, I, yeah. I, so um, you know, and and so you know, throwing all those new players together, they need time, time to develop, time to gel, um, and let's see where we go from there. Let's see where we go. I mean, but I mean, it'd be great, and um, I mean, it would be a real boost. I mean, if they do get something from Millwall, that could maybe sort of you know, provide the platform um, to things to turn around. I mean, even a point at the weekend would yeah. would be a really good, I mean, really good result. Now. Yeah, I'd take I, a point now, yeah, I'd take that now for sure. Would you, Van? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd take a point there. Oh, yeah, just to just to get momentum building. Really. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, one positive, obviously, is uh, Jody Jones. Yes, uh, he's he's back. Um, it's an interesting story with Jody because um, he's. But he's sort of had this sort of groin issue, um, which has been sort of forcing him off in games. Um, and so what they did is um, he missed out at Fleetwood because they wanted to give him a sort of ten day strengthening program, uh, put him through that um, to try and sort of um, uh, get rid of the get on top of the problem really, so that um, uh, he can play. Because um, I'm Tony Mowbray clearly see he's he said it. He said he's the most talented player we've got. We need him on the grass. You know, we need him on the pitch. Um, and um, so yeah, uh, again, there's more to come from Jody. I mean, he, he's that sort of spark. He's that sort of lively player um, that, that sort of gets everything sort of going in, in that sort of um, final third. Um, but we want goals from him as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a fantastic back page story uh, today about um, Jody's return, obviously. And uh, Mowbray says uh, we're talking about creators who can create and score goals, and Jody is one of the most talented individuals we've got. It's interesting as well because Mowbray does uh, mention that the strengthening program they put on um, was similar to what they did with Joe Cobb. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe when he came over from uh, Aston Villa, um, he had sort of you know, some just niggling injuries really that sort of just kept um, uh, reoccurring and just sort of couldn't shake them off and. He basically needed like a mini pre-season almost, and although Jody has had it, you know, the full pre-season this year, um, there's obviously an issue there with the groin, and um, you know he's been doing some sort of strengthening work with the the physios, and it's all pretty sort of scientific these days, and they can sort of pinpoint certain areas and and work on those, and um, and hopefully it's done the trick. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we when you look back at the Northampton game in particular and that really, really impressive ball that he delivered for Marcus Sudgai to not home the equaliser, um, it'd just be a great boost if uh, Jody was to be to be fit. Um, Chris McCann, though, he's 50-50, isn't he? Yeah, he didn't train on Tuesday. I'm not sure about today um, and whether he'll train tomorrow. I mean, that'll be the big test. If he doesn't train tomorrow, then it's unlikely that it'll, it'll be risked. But uh, again, you know, he came off uh, Fleetwood with a groin strain. Oh, a... Uh, he felt his groin. He was um, not necessarily a strain, but he's experienced enough to know you get a twinge and you know you get yourself off the pitch because um, you know with, with groins a bit like hamstrings, there's always the danger that they can go uh, they can go twang. You know they really can sort of um, uh, be a bad one if you're not careful if you just carry on. So he came off as a precaution um, and uh, has been having treatment this week and resting. Um, so we yet to see whether he uh, he makes the grade or not. We shall see. Um, obviously, we've got Tony Mowbray's press conference tomorrow, and we'll have time, yeah. coverage of that, won't we? And um, we'll find out a lot more about the uh, the team news then. So, do check the website and uh, follow coverage of that, guys. And also um, check back on Saturday if you can't make it to the den as well, because we'll be having a uh, live blog coverage. Uh, Andy's back in the hot seat on the uh, live blog minute by minute coverage. Are you looking forward to it, Andy? <laughs> yeah. It's good to be back, isn't It'd it? It'd be nice to be at home. I'll take a. You know, uh, Wimbledon, a- AFC Wimbledon at, at the Rico. I'd rather do that than uh, down to, to Millwall, to be honest. But uh, uh, let's see how we go, anyway. Indeed. Um, so I'll say goodbye to you, Andy. Thanks, James. I'll say goodbye to you, Mantej. Cheers, James. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, goodbye to you, listener.